Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Connor Carrick Podcast. I'm here today with Elliot Friedman. We discuss uh, our sense of service at this time as the NHL is on pause, our line of work on pause. Uh, we try to discuss uh, mindfulness and how it's aided and, and been along with our, our career's development. Elliot is a very successful broadcaster and reporter for Hockey Night in Canada, uh, appearing on Sportsnet. And he actually was one of the initial uh, votes of confidence I received that I should engage with this podcast endeavor. So thank you to Elliot for coming on today. And thank you guys for joining us. Elliot, uh, first off, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, I don't know if you realize the the role your nudge. I think it was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing the Leafs, and we were. I'd had some peer pressure from Twitter previously about wanting to start a podcast. I'd always considered it just from a you know, there's there's no current player um, that's necessarily had you know a, a podcast. So I wanted to be you know first to market, but you know there's fear of judgment, fear of, of going first. Um, you know, I, I just want to thank you to start with where, you know, I, I kind of was getting it from a lot of different people in my life and you never know what, you know, kind of tips you over the edge, but I, it was kind of after our conversation, I, I had gotten it through my head that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of execution. Um, so thank you for that. I also, it's a little heavy today. It's been heavy in our house. I wanted to start with, um, I don't know if podcasts do a moment of silence, but if we were lining up on the blue line, this is what we would do. Uh, Colby Cave passed away this morning and something about uh, the smile on his face, uh, you know, seeing some of the pictures his wife Emily has put out, um, just it's really hit home for me today. And so if if you'll join me for just a moment to uh, to think of him. And so I, I know, at least I do, I know you do wish Emily and, and uh, the K family all the best. It just didn't feel right to not address it today. Connor, would and you remember many memories of playing against him or anything I like that? I definitely remember playing against him. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, that uh, I think it was more so when he was in Boston. I don't remember playing against him last year. Uh, but you, you just... Something about his age, he was really close with uh, a couple friends of mine that play out in in Bakersfield and in Boston previously. I was texting, um, it was Johnny Moore who would let me know this morning um, that David Packers had let him know just because I think they're all closer to him being in the Boston organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a kind of an NHL player call to prayer and, and you know, I saw the initial release, you know, that, that something had happened uh, medically. And then I, I guess I didn't realize how dire things were um, right away. And then, you know, got better information on, you know, there, it was, there was a lot of players on the call, uh, Lexi and I, um, and, you know, it became very obvious that things were, were serious and, and that this was a real possibility. So uh, just wishing his family all the best in this time. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I, Try to read up a little bit on what you've been up to with the 31 thoughts on the podcast. I know you had Michael Gervais on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to cover, you know, a little bit of your background story, why you got into um, broadcasting, how you got, you know, frankly, you're the guy on TV for Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. That's a big gig. There's a lot of people who grow up, you know, with a love for sport. There's a lot of people, um, you know, who could see themselves, you know, going into, into journalism and, and reporting. And, you know, it's clear you've had uh, a lot of career success. You know, what kind of promoted your initial interest and helped me understand and, you know, for anybody that may be interested in the field, um, you know, kind of take us through your rise, I guess. Well, first of all, Connor, uh, thanks for having me on. And secondly, I'm glad you're doing this. Um, you, as you mentioned, there is some of the fear of being first, uh, especially in hockey. You know, hockey's got you a different, say. yeah, especially <laughs> hockey's got a much different culture in the NBA. There are players who do this right now and they wouldn't think, think second about doing it right now. And to me, that's one of the strengths about the NBA is that uh, players feel very empowered there and the the whole personality of the sport is different and i think eventually we will get uh, into uh, a way or a time where the nhl moves towards the nba just in terms of the personalities of the players have to do a better job of selling the sport we're getting there and and we will get there um so i'm glad you're doing this and the reason i i mentioned that i thought connor would be the right person to do this is there are certain players in the league who, as I like to explain, they make it easy for the dumb reporters like myself to understand what's going on out there. And Connor was a guy when he played in Toronto, and I know I wasn't the only one, there were other reporters who would go up to him and say, hey, I saw this in your game the other night, explain it to me, and you could explain it. And it's sort of like um, the why Magic Johnson failed as a basketball coach because everything that Magic Johnson did on the court was instinctive. And he was, I mean, elite almost doesn't serve him directly or fairly. But sometimes when you're a player at your level, it comes so instinctively to you that you can't explain it to other people. So I think that your gift for explanation, it has to be shared. And that's why I think you should eventually, when your time comes 50 years from now and your career is over, you go into media. So I'm glad you're doing this because you have a gift to be able to explain. You know, as for me, um, I was a bit of a chicken as a kid. Uh, if I could do a lot of things over, one of them would be that my mentality as a younger person would have been closer to where it is now. I was soft. I was not a very, uh, never mind even physically, mentally. A lot of things happened in my life that were young that uh, made me kind of softer than I would have liked to have been. And as a result, I didn't have the attitude necessary to improve enough to be an athlete. I had certain uh, non-genetic or certain genetic physical limitations. It was all my parents' fault. I wasn't an elite athlete, but I really wasn't prepared to work at it either. And I love sports and I wanted to get into it. And I, you know, I grew up like many kids my age did, sports fans, with a Sports Illustrated subscription, and I wanted to be a writer. And uh, when I got out of school in 1993, there weren't a lot of jobs available, so I started volunteering in radio, eventually went to TV, and I was always a good reporter. And my strength as a reporter kind of got me to where I am now. I could tell the stories, what you have the gift of and what you will do with this podcast is that you will explain the stories. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for that. And I, I, I guess you're limited to your own scope, to your own lens. Um, and as a player, I, I guess I 
didn't understand that, you know, my brain maybe works this way and, and, and others don't. And there's, there's good sides and bad sides to that. You know, maybe uh, I've had, you know, similar experiences, you know, when I came as a young professional, even to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, you know, playing on a, on a really highly um, covered team, a lot of attention there in Leafland, you know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I struggled at times with the ups and downs, just knowing how observed everything was, how judged everything was from, you know, whether it was fans, uh, everything I seemed to do, it, it would get back to my family. Uh, mm-hmm. It was talked about information had a way of kind of seeping into uh, your consciousness as a, as a player. So part, part of my reason to launch this podcast really is to become more comfortable with the, the judgment that I know goes on with others. People are going to judge. It's what they do. It's, it's, we're always forming opinions and, and gathering information as people. Um, and I don't think, you know, part of my, my goal in this is to learn how I learn to talk about hockey, uh, but also to talk about some of the other, you know, podcasting topics that I've been, you know, uh, developing interest for over my, you know, 20 to hour and a half minute long ride, uh, car drives from Hoboken to, you know, the Prudential Center, depending on traffic. <laughs> um, you know, so that that's something I really relate to, um, frankly. And and talk about, you know, there's something beautiful there about, you know, mental toughness and kind of, uh, you know, d- does going into the limelight develop your ability to deal with that or does it reveal, you know, where the weakness lies? I think I've always taken it as both. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's right. It, you know, um, so I guess given your current level of success, given um, your platform, given, you know, you are working in a field you're passionate about, not, you know, I, I might hope with this podcast that more people chase those sort of dreams, that they can work in a career that they they know they'll love. Um, you know, what kind of is your daily goal as a reporter? Like, what is your like mantra, MO, uh, you know, what makes you different maybe than others in your field? Well, first of all, I'd say to you, Colby, with this podcast, you be you. It's your podcast, so be true to yourself. Do what you want. And I think, you know, from my knowledge of you, and I know you only as, you know, reporter, player, where I wouldn't say we're best friends or anything like that, but I think you're an interesting guy, and I think if your interests come out on this podcast – and you talk about things that interest you and you search for things that also interest you that you don't know, I think you'll be very successful. Um, I think fans want to hear athletes' perspective and what interests you, and I think you'll be very good at it. Um, I I don't know if I'm any different than anyone else. I don't like thinking that way. Um, I've always kind of said, you take care of your own house. I, I have a saying, I don't like other people telling me what to do. So I don't like to tell other people what to do. So I worry about taking care of my own host, a house and being a good teammate more than I worry what other people are up to. But the two rules I have, whenever I'm about to come onto a broadcast, I always say there's two things you have to do. We have to entertain and we have to inform. And the danger of me entertaining is sometimes I think I'm a lot more funny than I actually am. So I'm careful of not being stupid funny. And sometimes I fail at that, but I try to it. But I know I'm primarily there to inform. And I always have a rule. Can you say two things tonight that people won't know? And... So, and I'll re- there's a reason it comes from this. When I was starting out in radio, there was a focus group. 
And one of the focus groups said, we think we know more than the people on air at your radio station. And in news, nobody thinks they're an expert. But in sports, everybody thinks they're an expert. Everybody thinks they know everything. So I try to do it where each show, I can say two things that people are going to say, I didn't know that. That's the goal. Well, you know, the... There was a phrase you used there twice was you said have to. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's your like your internal fire or or your sense of mission, but I it came across even in our interviews and in our short time, just the way you went about, you know, what I saw on TV is you do have a, a certain hunger, like a certain ambition to to get the information, get it right, and you just have a certain intensity about executing, you know, how you want to go about it. And I <laughs> I mean, the concept of being funny or not, like pure volume, you're going to have a couple thuds by the numbers. You <laughs> like, know? It's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's the way not it goes. every game is a Picasso, as you no, know. That's so true. But you know what, Connor? It's, it's like you as a player. If I don't have that hunger to be successful, someone's going to take my job. That's the facts. And it's no different in any business. If you want to be successful, you have to be hungry, whether you're a doctor, whether your work is a broker, whether you're an athlete, no matter what you do, if you don't have the hunger to be great at it, someone's going to take it from you. Well, and you know, for me as a, as a player, you're always, it's interesting. I was talking to, um, our, the president of the devils. Um, Hugh Weber, Jake Reynolds. Oh, Jake, Jake Reynolds, Reynolds, right. A, and yeah. I was on like a Zoom call the other day, and and just to get some insight into like his optimism as a leader, his positivity, his his ability to talk about you know the wide range of how the organizations. It was a Zoom call in front of basically the whole organization. They you know our our uh, Pete Albeets reached out to me, yeah. our um, you know director of media for for the Devils, and he's like, hey, you want to jump on a Zoom call with a couple of the Devils staff? I'm like, sure. And I I'm scrolling the Zoom call, and it's like Tom Fitzgerald head coaches on here, nine Nazar did, you know, I didn't know. Um, but it was interesting to me just the way that, uh, to get a business inside, to, to know that that edge to want to be better is across, is a standard across all fields. If you want to reach, you know, uh, a high performing position, you know, frankly, and that, you know, it was interesting. I thought, um, you know, in your 31 thoughts with, uh, Michael Gervais, you know, you're always working on your business and and in your business when you're an individ, individual, you know, sort of contractor like we are. I found it really interesting the way that you've uh, changed your mindset around mindfulness. And mm-hmm. I am dead set that we're going to talk about this because I am, you know, excited to hear because you you mentioned you're like, you know, I'm 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 almost fifty, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, my mindset. And my opinion around mindfulness has really developed and changed. Mm-hmm. And to to your credit, you are at that age. You know, I've I've you know parents around your age, and and where it's easy to dig in. It's easy to say this is who I am, and this is how I do things. Leave me alone. I like what I like, kind of thing. Um, and I found that really profound in your you know podcast with Jeff Merrick that you were starting to talk about that. And I was curious. What's changed? Like what prompted that? Why? Um, it's your floor. Well, Connor, I, I'm not going to get into it too much, um, but about, uh, I would say it's uh, seven years ago, I had a, we had a major life event and things changed for us. 
and um, I realized, and you know, I I was I'm pretty. I've got a pretty thick skin, mm. and I'm pretty mentally tough, and I'm proud of that. Um, but I was challenged in a way that I was never challenged before. And, um, it was overwhelming and I realized that I was going to have to change my approach in some ways. And one of the things that I'm very good at is internalizing and compartmentalizing, but I had to do it even more and it became overwhelming for a while. And I'm not a person who likes to ask for help. I, I really believe that in life, you've got to solve most of your problems by yourself and find a solution. But I realized in this particular case, uh, I needed some help. So I went online and I searched for solutions and I started reading about mindfulness. And I said, meditation is hipster doofus stupidity. But you know what? I need some help. I can't think that way anymore and I'm going to try it and I just find 10 minutes a day it's really good and uh, my son who's eight now um, he's a pretty smart kid but like any kid who's being especially now that we're homeschooling and yeah. I'm such a horseshit teacher like you know he's got to learn with someone who's not <laughs> good at teaching so he gets frustrated. Like he does this whole page of times tables and stuff and he's really smart, but like any kid, he trips up on a couple. Like the first time he looks at eight times eight, it's overwhelming. So one thing we do together is if he's having trouble getting to it, I'll say max deep breath. And we go, and he does it with me. And we meditate sometimes together for 10 minutes. And I think Connor, it's such a great reset. You th 10 minutes of just clearing your head, it's amazing uh, what it does for yourself. And I'm, uh, you know, I think another thing I've been disappointed in myself over the years is I've been too fat for too long. And there's been sometimes I've been in good, in, not in good shape, but okay shape. And there's once or twice I've actually been in really good shape, but I've never been disciplined enough to keep it. Now that's changing. Like you said, I'm about to turn 50. I have to become a lot more disciplined in my eating and my wellness. There were, so as an athlete, you know, yep. body, mind, and, and skill, you're always trying to marry the three for the, the highest level of performance possible. And I think, you know, I find that they're so closely related and very similarly, um, you know, from a, from a physical standpoint, I'm at home right now waiting, you know, the NHL's on pause. Uh, maybe we play soon. Maybe we don't. And there's a, a lot of days I wake up, my motivations to get up, get after it, kind of that, that type A, I want to I wanna be the best player I can, you know, for myself and my teammates when we, re, we resume. Some days I wake up and it's, I just, I want to train to get through that mental fog. Mm -hmm. So how do you um, do that? I, I use like the 15 minute rule. If I, if, if I uh, you know, wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling it, you know, I don't want to train, whatever. I'll, uh, I'll do one of two things. I'll either start and, and if after 15 minutes, I'm totally out of it, this isn't going to be productive. I'll go down, have coffee, hang out, you know, and, and restart again. And I kind of mm -hmm. use that first sweat rule, which is for me, that inertia, once you're over the inertia of, of not wanting to do something, you know, and you get going, like uh, I have so many years of doing this and, and of training, like I'll find it, I'll find my rhythm. 
Um, and you know, I like a lot of uh, you know people on quarantine right now. My house isn't necessarily where I identify as like the place in which I train. You know, so if if I'm sensing that you know it's really just like a location thing, I'll just go for a walk around the block. I'll play my pump up songs or my podcast like I would going to the rink. And by the time I do that, I've got the blood flowing. You know, I've got you know some 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 sunlight hopefully, and 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 then I'm physically ready to go. And the other side of that coin is I don't have uh, the the drive home at the from the rink to transition mm. and come back into like my house. So right now, you know, Lexi and I, my wife, we're we're in very close quarters. For the most part, we've been on our best behavior because we realize, you know, if we want to start to fight, like there's plenty of time to do it. <laughs> um, but you know, usually after work, and I'm huffing and puffing, the blood's flowing. I'm I'm a very different version of myself when I'm physically training or, or practicing or or anything of that nature than I am at my home life. And there's only like seven steps between upstairs and downstairs that separates me from my home life. And I've had to, not had to, I've decided to a lot of times use 10 minutes of breath work post-exercise. And that kind of like resets me. Okay, now you're in a state where you can go downstairs and you're not going to be barking at everyone in the house. Um, and you can, you know, kind of be more bearable to be with. Cause I can be a little intense, you know, after my, my workouts and things like that. And I think I have a close friend of mine, neighborhood friend, uh, Carissa Kuchis is her name. She's a national speaker for Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she'll drop the line, um, often that if you don't have 10 minutes for yourself, like you don't have a life, you don't have a life that you, you know, have real autonomy over. And I think a lot of people at home right now have more time than they, you know, really would ask for. Um, but I do find that that 10 minutes, it, and I kind of use two blocks. So, so in my day-to-day -day life, I'll use the 10 minute mark, like to try and take 10 minutes for myself. During a game, that number for me is three breaths. Hmm. And, 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 and usually in, in my career, when I make a mistake, come back to the bench, I do have time for three <laughs> breaths. So, <laughs> you know, that's just the nature of, of the course of my career. Um, and usually if I can force myself to have three nice slow ones, the building's not so hot anymore. Hmm. You know, I'm able to focus and kind of get out of my own way. Um, and similar, you know, I guess my journey on mindfulness, I have to, you know, tip my hand and thank you for sharing that was where I really looked in the mirror was when I was going to get married. I was engaged and I was playing for the Leafs. And, you know, again, there were a lot of ups and downs. Maybe I was prepared, you know, mentally for the fight I was in. Maybe I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I just, I made a decision that I was not going to drag my wife through the mud of my career. Mm -hmm. I was not going to make us both ride this roller coaster. I was going to do the work to be able to jump off and, and see the ups and downs for what they are. Um, and, you know, very similar. I've, I've done this uh, exercise before every season. It's, it's, for me, it's really rewarding. Super cool is, you know, you get in a rhythm in the summer you're doing your skill training, you're doing your, your off ice and things like that. You're getting ready for an intense camp. Every camp's so intense now, you know, just the competi competitiveness for jobs. Um, but I'll sit there, you know, a lot of times during these breathwork exercises and are you ready? I'll check in with myself. Like, are you ready for the ups and downs, the broken bones, like the hits from behind, the late nights? Because they're coming. And don't be shocked. Like, don't go trying to walk through the storm and expect not to get wet. Like, this is... You know, the NHL season's a grind. Um, and it's been an exercise that every, you know, middle of August, I really try to engage with. Um, 
you know, just to kind of try everything on for size, make sure, you know, upstairs I'm, I'm ready for, ready to rock. Has Lexi said to you at any point, Connor, you're blinking too loudly during this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chew your food, you know, like you're breathing too loud. Um, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time together. Um, but I, I really do think, and, and on the other side of that is I always was a doer. Like I would race against the day trying to, you know, I almost looked at like some social work as, as like a, an assignment, make sure I'm checking in with people, especially in the summer. You know, you're, you're home for such a limited, you know, period of time. You're trying to see everybody and their cousin and my family. And um, I've learned to like the, the slower pace right now of having to stay home. Mm-hmm. And that's not to be insensitive to a lot of people really, really struggling. But in terms of my personal life, this isn't that different from like a season to, season's end. It feels very much like a, okay, go home, hang out, train, get healthy, get ready to go again. Uh, the longer this goes, the more unfamiliar it gets, the longer we're off the ice, the weirder it gets. Um, but I am trying to, you know, peel myself away from the process a little bit and, and trying to evaluate what's what, you know, what what's working for me, what was just noise. Um, it's been fun to do a lot of video work. I've tried to do that, you know, to stay current. Uh, and for me, I've tried to treat it, the whole COVID beast, I guess, as, as an experiment. Okay. I, I want to ask you something else. Please do. Um, you talked before about the roller coaster of Toronto. And this is something that I would like to hear more because years ago, I was having a conversation with a general manager that I get along with. Okay. And he said to me, Elliot, and I remember I was chasing a story. And he goes, Elliot, you piss me off sometimes. I really like you, but you piss me off. And I go, I know. And he says, no, you don't know. He says, you think you know, but you don't know. He said, you're going to get this because I know you and you'll get it because I was on the right track. He says, but you don't know what this is going to do to my room. So I wanted to hear from a player's perspective when someone like myself or the other reporters, and there's a lot of good reporters who cover hockey, gets a trade rumor or uh, reports something. What effect does it have on a dressing room? You know, it, it depends on the scale. And it definitely depends on on the player. And if we were maybe already feeling it, you know, already. Um, you know, Toronto, it's been long enough now. I only remember my memories of sort. You know, but we had a tough year in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Hines, ratio, loser job. A lot of trades and like, it's it's hard. Like, it's hard when you know people's lives are in balance. I never got mad or upset with, or thought it was um, maybe irresponsible, like morally on on reporters in Toronto and things like that, because that's that's the job. Like at the end of the day, we are in the entertainment business. Um, news is news. If you have a tip, and it, what else are you going to do? Like that's that's what people are paying you to discuss. Um, is those rumors? And personally, I think, you know, as a player, I always was trying to just manage my headspace and 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 where I was at with the group with the team with the coach trying to uh, be the best that I could be that 
I just personally would never look at, um, not never, but it, it, I would really have to look in the mirror before I began to judge how other people were doing their job, if that makes sense. Yep. And, you know, I do think, you know, in Toronto, um, you know, they've had a storied history of, of some failures uh, that were well-documented right now. You know, um, they're in a situation now where they've moved on from a, a high-profile coach. Uh, they've moved on from, you know, a high-profile, you know, GM in, in Lou and, and in Mike. Um, and just given, you know, those two pieces and then the additional talent uh, and some of the salaries on the team, you know, the Tavares landing, there's going to be a lot of expectation on that team. And that's, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to even judge them week to week. I feel like the way that the, the Leafs, you know, they've tried to run this race is to be judged in really after 10 years, you know, and to see where they're at, um, you know, after this window that they've tried to set up, you know, this process that Brendan Shanahan tried to orchestrate, um, you know, that's my own, that's how I will judge it as a, as a former player there. And as a player now playing in the league is, is, you know, I, I just think um, th- I'm going to judge them off, off a longer period of time than maybe the reporters whose job it is to report on the day, on, mm-hmm. on the day to day, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So we've talked a little bit about what's, what's, you know, I guess the NHL, we've talked about the pause a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and COVID-19 might you know, change the way people interact with pro sport. It might not, you know, because the NHL does have a little bit of a history of kind of uh, coming and going just with the lockout. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, you know, every time it seems like the NHL has come back, there is like that shook up soda can excitement mm-hmm. from fans. Um, and that's the hope. I know as players, that's, I think, how we're going to handle it. We're, we're chomping at the bit. I've never had the doors locked to me at the rink uh, like this before. I am itching to skate more than I ever have in, in my entire life. Um, but what is, what is something that, you know, you've really wanted to talk about? Because I, as someone, your job through and through is a report on hockey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you did have Michael Gervais on and you have, I've, I listened to some of your last couple um, podcasts and I listened, I read some of the 31 thoughts, like, I want to commend you for your sensitivity to what people are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity, kind of like a, a last question sort of chance to, you know, what is, is there anything in the world right now that you think needs attention that you're not already talking about on your platform, or maybe you have, that's itching at you to, to discuss around this? <sighs> Well, you know, generally, Connor, I think I have a responsibility to my family and to my work and my teammates, as you would call them. I think that um, I have a responsibility to to take care of my family in life and to work and to do the best possible job for my employer and my teammates. That's what I think about. What I think about right now is I have another responsibility, too. I'm not important like a medical professional a doctor or nurse or an orderly or the custodial staff in those hospitals that are cleaning up right in the face of this. I'm not as important as the people who keep grocery stores open, the cashiers, essential services. Someone was mentioning to me the other day how grateful we should be that people are coming every week to take away our garbage. Uh, I'm not as important as those people are, but there's something I can do that I think about. 
And that is, I can provide people with a distraction. It would be easy right now not to do the podcast or not to do the blog, but I'm trying to do them because, and I got another project I'm working on, an oral history, uh, because I think that what I can provide is a distraction for people at a time we all need it. So what I think about a lot right now, Connor, is all the great people who are still working. And some of the people that we kind of look past a lot, we don't think a lot about the people who pick up our garbage. We don't think a lot about the person who's at the cash in the grocery store, who's uh, pumping in those numbers and hitting the scanner. And, you know, we're thinking a lot about those people now. And I think a lot about those people now. And, you know, one of the things I've tried to do a little bit is donate uh, towards some of them. And, you know, anything is good. And, is there is there something we can do to make their lives a, a little bit better when they're working hard to make our lives a lot better? So all I think about now is, is there something I can do, even as little as writing a blog, uh, that can make people's lives a little bit better? That's that's kind of what I think about. And I was I was not hoping that you'd go down that road, but that was kind of my my guess was and even with my, this podcast, the the launching of it, my goal it sounds like your goal is to tend the garden you can touch. Yes. And, you know, for a bit there, I felt really guilty um, as a player. There were discussions about, you know, what are they going to do with uh, paychecks? Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to withhold? Are they going to pay them out? Um, you know, there were, uh, there's certainly a lot of players out there that are, that are missing the game, but I don't think this is hitting us as professional athletes the way it's hitting a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want, um, you know, when my life's over, for the highlight to necessarily only be, it'll, it'll definitely be a special part of my life. I don't discount, you know, the, the level of play that I've been able to achieve, and, and it is a dream come true. Um, but I wanted to, I don't want to just chase a frozen piece of rubber around ice. In terms of giving back to the world and, and giving you know, I've taken a lot from leaders I look up to in the world, listening to their word, listening to tips that they've added to their life, uh, whether it's their home life, their professional life. So this endeavor for me is really about adding the value I bring to the community, um, trying to tend to the garden that, you know, we can touch because I am not a doctor. Um, you know, uh, I am not someone that can that can save lives right now. So if we can in some capacity, we are both in the entertainment industry uh, and, and we are leaders in our community, whether we like it or not. Like mm-hmm. as, as players, we're, you know, our word is and, and what we do, our actions are, is taken seriously. and People has look up to you. They do. Mm-hmm. And I relish that. I, en- I enjoy that responsibility. Um, and part of this is to take that seriously and develop that positive influence, um, you know, to a greater degree to be able to affect, you know, the the you know, whether they're fans or, or people that I have a relationship with already affect them more deeply. And then in time, try and reach more people. Um, you know, and, and, you know, our, our conversation about where you thought I would be good at this was a nudge. You know, another, this, I thought this is an interesting uh, bit to share was, you know, I am a mental health advocate. Mm-hmm. My eventual goal would be to, whether it was have a foundation or have an event that donates to a foundation. Mm-hmm. I want it to be stellar. I want it to be kick-ass. Like I want it to be, I want brands and people and money and attention to, to flow to it and through it. And I want it to be worth people's time. Um, and, you know, where I realized that I kind of needed to do more 
was every season I try to score 50. Every season I try to be a star for you know, like Mitch Marner, mm-hmm. right? Like he has the Marner assist front. How excited are brands and people to work with Mitch? Very excited. Very, because he is a star and he does have those eyeballs and he does have that um, authenticity that makes him him. So that this podcast for me is about trying to develop that influence for the skill set that maybe I have because uh, I try to I try to be a hundred point guy every year, but it's hard, man. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of guys out there trying to stop it from happening. So, um, yeah, this uh, so I, I I appreciate you doing that, and I think it's you're bang on. Like sport is such a reprieve for so many people. Um, people are so passionate about sport. And if I can help you in any way, find stories or, uh, you know, get a teammate on the phone or, or even just make up a rumor about don't, somebody, whatever you don't tell Peter Albert that don't let him listen to this. Like Peter, <laughs> Peter is one of the great PR people in the NHL. He's fantastic at his job. Really good guy. But if he hears that you're leaking to me, you're going to be in big trouble. No, no, I don't cross Pete. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, he has an intensity to him. I'm not, I'm not yeah, interested. In he's a great guy. Sure. Um, no, well, well, uh, you're. I mean, Connor, you're right. We have a chance. It's. It's. We can be a distraction for people, and that's why I'm glad you're doing this. Distraction's one way to push it, but even um, just a positive nudge in, in someone's mm-hmm. day, like mm-hmm. how momentum is a funny thing in the day. Yes, you know, it you is. wake up, it's sunny outside. You're bright. You're ready to go. You know, you wake up, it's it's cloudy, or you know, your first interaction with your family is is you know a tough one. It, it tends to bleed to other things. So I think that's what, you know, you're able to do with your platform, what I'm able to do with my platform. Just kind of, I don't I don't think people like need us to change anything for them. They just need to be maybe helped in the right direction or just um, um, to create, maybe we are that 10 minutes. Maybe someone doesn't have the discipline or maybe they are a little phony on m- mindfulness that they're not going to go sit and do breath work for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But reading about sport, you know, inter- in- engaging with their favorite you know, passion, if that's hockey or another sport like that, that can, that can be their stillness, you know? And you've already helped them in this podcast with the idea of the 15 minute reset or the three deep breaths. It's great yeah, stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Elliot, um, you know, I think we nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I think we, in my own non-professional opinion, um, I appreciate you carrying uh, a lot of it there. And, you know, I, I, Hope that if there's anything, you know, you or your family that I can help with or, or your audience or you think there's something that the hockey community needs, please reach out. I value your opinion. Um, I value, you know, you have a good ear to the ground, you know, uh, in that regard. And um, frankly, in terms of media training, I'm welcome for tips too. So I'm, I'm open to both. You be you. That's the, that's the only tip I'm going to give you. You be you. And the rest will all work itself out. Awesome. And don't even think about a job in media for another 10 years till you're done playing. But until then, you just be you. No, I'm, I'm going to try and play. I joke about this. I'm going to try and play in the NHL as long as I can. Yep. And then, you know, a lot of players do go over to Europe. Um, I'm dead set on playing forward for a couple of years. Like, really? Uh, like, like on box outs and that. Yeah, I'm starting the rumor now that when I'm done... I don't. I don't care what league it's in. I just want to play one year at center, like snap a couple faceoffs back. I I, I want to, you know, have my point man and say, nah, I'm not going to go get him or or go block this. I'm, I'm giving all the forwards out there a tough time, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, part, we're headed towards positionless hockey, Connor. I I've said that. Yes. Uh, have we talked about that? Have we talked about that? <laughs> yes, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be. 
That's my guess. That's how we train. That's how D-men, you know, are training now. That that's how that's what it would look like to someone who played 20 years ago. It would already look that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we go, Connor, I, I just wanted to say one thing to you, if I could. The reason I really think you can be good at this, and I don't like to give other people advice, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna violate one of my own rules here. You have a gift. You can you can explain to people why things happen and how things happen. And if you do that in this podcast, especially when it comes to things on the ice, this podcast is going to be a huge success. I have no doubt about that. Definitely go out and explore the things that are interest to you are interesting to you. This is your podcast and you should treat it as such. Whatever interests Connor Carrick or whatever you want to learn about, go for it. But make sure you spend some time uh, in each podcast explaining what has happened to you or what's happening in the league and why you think it happens and explaining it from your perspective and what you understand as a player and explain why things happen. And I have no, you have the ability to do that very well. And if you do that, this podcast will be a huge success because I think there's an audience out there that wants to hear in the moment why things happen and have it explained to them by someone who's gifted at doing it. Good luck. I hope all your future guests are better than this one. (laughs) Well, uh, my job is hopefully to get better at at bringing it out of them. Um, But thanks for your time. And and I really appreciate it sitting down. And, you know, thanks for the nudge. you know, it went really far with me personally. So uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Just don't take my job. That's all I ask you. In time. <laughs> well, if I play long enough, I won't have to. That's right. I'll be retired by then too. Yeah. So we'll see. Elliot, thank you. Um, I I, uh, I got nothing else for you. I appreciate um, the optimistic sense that you are trying uh, to bring to your to your platform. I really like the bit where you're talking about Bob Iger. No one wants to follow a pessimist. Mm-hmm. I had just uh, listened to a podcast on, you know, the ex-Disney CEO. So, um, you know, keep doing your best to, to bring light to people. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks very much for having me, Connor. All the best. Go get them. Will do. Thanks, Elliot. All right. Thank you, everyone, again, for joining uh, Elliot and I. Um, great conversation with him. Thank you for coming on, Elliot. I also wanted to, this is not an ad, this is not something uh, that is sponsored, but we did want to give back to uh, some small businesses that I know and love. Uh, and, and so today we want to give some attention to Shine the Light On, a uh, clothing company. I'm wearing uh, their clothing right now. I have, a, I have a clothing line with them where they do, uh, they do give a lot of their proceeds back to mental health. I make nothing from it. Uh, it is uh, a clothing company. The stuff looks great. They're out of Toronto, connected with uh, the CEO and, and talked a little bit about what we were passionate about in terms of our goal to help with mental health. So if you can support them in this time, uh, Colin, what was what was the uh, the promo code you had for them? Uh, it is SHINE, S-H-I-N-E 15 for 15% off everything on um, Shine the Light on online store. Awesome. All right. So yeah, 15% off. Uh, all t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, no one's leaving the house right now. So if you're anything like me, uh, getting sick of feeling like Mr. Rogers going through uh, your entire closet of sweatshirts, if you want to add a new one in, Shine the Light On is a, is a great brand to, to support um, at this time as, as we do vote with our dollars uh, to try and help uh, small businesses out at this time. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to Elliot. Um, I'll see you next time.